0: Hey everybody, my name is Rob Shear, and I'm the founder of a national nonprofit called Comfort Cases. I'm also an advocate for children in our foster care system, a public speaker, an author of a book, A Forever Family, but most importantly, I am the father of four amazing children.
1: Hi, I'm Dana McKay, and I saw Rob on The Ellen Show, and when I realized his organization was based right here where I live, I knew I had to get involved. I'm also a social media consultant, a radio host, a podcast producer, and a mother of two children.
0: See, our country's foster care system is shattered, and this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change, changing the system, and changing the lives of children in care.
1: Welcome to the Fostering Change podcast. Today we are talking to Ivy Marie Washington and Ivy is part of Foster Strong, which is a new organization really based on people who were in foster care sharing their stories and showing that they have become successful and erasing the stigma that goes along with foster care. So Ivy, thank you so much for joining us on Fostering Change.
0: Thank
2: you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: So Ivy, I first want to know how you got involved with Foster Strong and with Sean and with this amazing um, organization.
2: Uh, So it was like really a natural connection for us. Um, I did the foster youth internship with CCAI back in 2016, um, and that's how I met Carrie. She's our executive director. Um, for Forge is Strong. And this past year, every year they do a big thing called Angels and Adoption. And every year I typically go back and volunteer. So this past year um, in 2019, when I was there, um, a partner of Sean, her name is Allison, she just kind of like ran up to me and, you know, she was like, oh, you're so pretty. <laughs> and, you know, she asked me to help her for a few things. Um, and we just kind of clicked there. And later that night, we had a Screening of *Instant Family* and Sean was there, so I was able to meet him that way. It was very, very brief. Got a couple of pictures, but it wasn't nothing like really formal. So the following night we had our big gala, and afterwards, Sean he had been awarded um, a champion. He was he was a national angel, and we sat down and I just we just talked about the movie. We talked about how important it was to showcase foster care at such a high level. Um, I, you know, we, we thanked him for highlighting and everything. And we just kind of had those small discussions. It was just up me, Sean, Carrie, Allison. Fast forward a couple of months. Um, Allison did reach out to me and as well as Carrie to discuss, you know, the idea. It wasn't anything, it wasn't anything set at the time. And, um, we, from there, we just like, okay, let's find a bunch of people that are passionate about foster care who are going to be able to use those voices and a lot of the people that we have on foster strong were former um, they did the foster youth program same as myself and carrie and it just kind of became like a natural organic bond a lot of the people that are in foster strong i have met in person in some way, cause you know, we come from all over the country, but most of the people were there that November, last November when we were in angels and it just kind of felt so good to um, connect on a different level with everyone, more personable level as opposed to professional level at the time. It, it just worked out so well for us.
0: That's awesome. So I probably have met you then because I, my husband and I, Reese, we were angels of adoption in 2018. We were actually supposed to be there in 2019 um, for me to give a speech and um, something ended up coming up and I had, I'm on a book tour, so I wasn't able to be there, but that's crazy.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you've seen my face. I did the the program in 2016. I don't, I was not at angels in 2018. However, but, you know, my face has been all around um, through... FYIs and stuff
0: like that I'm always there 2018 was the one year that I hadn't been oh oh well then that would have been the one year Becky um, you know who you know by the way yes. we miss Becky so much and, and so much. You know, I send all my love to her family and and the loss of Becky was you know something so shocking but Becky actually had become a friend of mine and so um, and angels of adoption have been big supporters of comfort cases so you know Ivy I say this all the time everybody has a story so why don't you tell Dana and I, what, what is your story?
2: Uh, so I, think that I, I live in San Antonio, Texas. I grew I was born and raised here, grew up here. Uh, when I was six, I was taken away from my biological parents along with my older brother. And we spent the 180 days, the allowment uh, in a, a children's shelter. From there, we went into our very first foster home. I was seven at the time. And luckily for me, I, I was one of those fortunate stories. You know, you always hear about foster kids bouncing around from home from home. And um I was one of those fortunate few where this was my only foster home. Um, I was seven, went into the home. We were her first foster kids. And I witnessed her have every type of foster child that you can think of. You know, reunification, um, family kinship. Uh, cases where they do need a little bit more help. I've seen it all, done it, been there, done it. Um, And I I didn't get adopted. Originally, before my parental rights were terminated from both my parents, well, my biological mom relinquished her rights. My dads were terminated. But before that, my foster mom made a promise to my biological mom that she would would keep us, she would take care of us for the rest of our lives um, and wouldn't let anything bad happen to us. When my brother turned 16, he, you know, he got around the wrong crowds, you know, how teenage boys tend to do. And he ultimately got arrested. So from there, he can no longer be in homes with foster children. So he became a statistic to the foster care system, you know, the homelessness, the drug use, things like that. And to this day, he still does. But for me, I stayed, excuse me, I stayed in the home and I aged out at 18. From there, I went to college. Texas is one of the states where they offer free tuition for former foster youth as long as it's in the state. So I went to college, got my degree, and I am currently, um, I am a foster care, adopt and adoptions case manager for the same foster agency that I went through whenever I was in foster care.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's a lot.
0: That is a lot. (laughs) I mean, first of all, um, why didn't your foster mother ever adopt you?
2: Um, you know, originally it it was just kind of like a, um, a permanency play, you know, somewhere we can, be there without you know going through the system and that's how it originally was because she you know she tells me the story all the time she didn't want to do foster care but she's a very religious woman and she she tells me the story how god just like kept waking her up in the middle of the night and was like you're going to foster care she's like no no i'm not doing that and ultimately, she caved in. But she's like, "God, I want my first placement to be my last placement." And in fact, I was—I was her first and her very last. Um, up until the time I was about fourteen, it was that was the goal. So seven—it was seven years, and that was the goal because she was consistently full house of foster care. It was never she. She. She was def- the definition of foster care. A lot of people go into foster care foster parenting thinking it's a quick way to adoption. They don't actually want to just be kind of like that temporary hold and give that, that child a good home until they can possibly go back to their family, you know, while their family gets their lives together. Um, but it's a pretty picture. And for so for seven years, that's what it was. And then when right before I turned 15, she actually lost her license um a woman had, she had gotten into an altercation with another woman who was trying to attack her biological daughter. And as a parent, that's what you're going to do. You're going to defend your child. Um, there were no foster children around or anything like that. But because of that situation, she lost her, um, she lost her foster care license. But my judge that I had had my entire time in foster care, they, he had already ordered that I not be removed from the home. So the state was like, well, we can't pay her we're not going to pay her, she doesn't have a license. She's like, I don't care, just put it, put it back in my home. So I became a ward of the court at 15. So I kind of belonged to the court as opposed to in foster care. I wasn't like in foster care, but I was, if that makes sense. Um, what happened to your stipend? This, uh, yeah, so that's what I was going for. So because of that, you know, we we, we talked about the adoption at that point because, you know, by this point, um what's holding us back. And we, we weighed everything, we looked at everything, and they, they gave that decision to me, and ultimately I personally decided to not get adopted because I would have lost a lot of benefits, including the stipend. Um, I, I would have lost a lot of benefits going into college. And it, it's a short time away from college. I, you know, I'm am a I'm a junior in high school at this point. I'm almost to college, so we might as well hold it off. So what happened was right before I turned 18, I went and spent a weekend in an actual foster home. Um, so technically, before my 18th birthday, I was still a foster child. Um, so that's how like I still got a lot of my benefits, but I didn't get adopted to for myself that way I could have that the, those better options going into college.
0: So from 15 to 18 the state actually took your stipend. You did not receive it in any any interest bearing savings account? No. Wow. See, Dana?
1: Unbelievable. So instead of giving the money to her or holding on to it for her, they just decided, oh well, they just well, nothing.
0: Yeah. So we have a um so so uh, I have five kids. Um, My husband and I have five kids. All five of our children are from foster care. Um, I grew up in foster care, um, so this isn't anything new to us. Our oldest son, who arrived in the fall of last year, we went through the exact same thing that you went through. Um, We did not want the money, and we did not want to be foster parents again, so we had to petition the courts to actually have him come and live with us. And he's now graduated from high school, and he just enrolled in college with a 3.6. And so, you know, the fact is, is what saddens my heart is the same exact situation that you just said is that the state gets the stipend, and nobody thinks twice about this kid, just like they didn't think twice about, you know, it's something I, I say all the time, our system is not Broke, it is shattered, and our system is doing exactly the way it was supposed to do. Do you have any relationship with your bio family?
2: Um, I have a relationship with my biological mom. I got into contact with her when I was um, a teenager, and it wasn't like a strong relationship at the time, but since I've become an adult, um, our relationship is a lot stronger. I talk to her. If I don't talk to her every day, maybe a couple times a week just to check in, see how she's doing. Um, I see my biological grandfather as well on my mom's side. As far as my dad's side, I don't. He kind of, he still lives a lifestyle that I have decided isn't what's best for me. As, and I decided that at a very young age. Um, so no, I don't have contact with him and my, Biological brother who went into care with me, he has, he's with my dad. So um, I don't have contact with him either. Because like I said, they still live those lifestyles that it's just not for me. I don't want those interactions and that type of negativity in my life.
0: You sound like me, my friend. I'm the youngest of 10 kids and I prefer not to have any relationship with any of them. I I do speak with a sister and I just found two brother, a brother and a sister that I didn't even know existed. Um, But yeah, you know, I just, I just don't need that negativity in my life. And and at the right. end of the day, I love them and I want the mm-hmm. best for them, but they have to make the right choices for them. I can't make the right choices. Um, you know, they have to make the right choices of themselves. I can't make that choice for them. So, right. so what did you get your degree in?
2: I have a degree in criminal justice with a minor in forensics
0: awesome that is awesome yeah and it's
2: it's from you know one of the uh it's from sam houston state so it's like the sam houston is the best in texas and it's i want to say it's like the third in the country and like the fourth in the world for their criminal justice program
0: so ivy what do you hope to get out of being a part of foster strong
2: uh we, we actually just have this call we every week we have um we have our briefing calls where we get together and just discuss things and it's I we just actually have this conversation and as far as on a personal level I have already started to gain those lifelong shoulders to lean on from people that understand my point of view you know we always get friends who understand yeah, okay yeah she was a foster child but they don't truly feel what you felt um, they don't Understand why you act a certain way you do, or so you think a certain way you do. And so far, with in all the team on Foster Strong, and we you know we're a small team right now, but everyone there, they they get it. They they you can call them at any point and be like, hey, I'm feeling this. Um, what? How should I handle this? We I had a conversation um, this past week. We put out an episode about the Black Lives Matter. And growing up in foster care, being black and things like that. And it it felt so good to be able to sit down with people, with other black people who were in foster care, who understood those disparities and comparing them to how they are now. And it's just an organic relationship. And I, I just can't wait for all of that to continue to grow.
0: Love it. I absolutely love it. So listen, everybody. I really want you all to go to youarefosterstrong dot org and truly, you know, read about this amazing organization. Your podcast comes out every week. Um, I love the fact that you guys are telling the story. I will tell you, I said it to Carrie, and I've said it to several people. I think that you need to um, increase your age group um, because I'm old enough to be your dad, and I experience the same thing you all experienced and still experience it. And Carrie was like, you know, I think you're right about that. So um, listen, yes. Ivy, your story is absolutely amazing. And as you said, your story is one story of many.
1: Yes. And so, right. so as we wrap this up, um, Ivy, we always ask um, a question of every guest. So if you could change two things about the foster care system, what would they be? Oh, wow.
2: That was a hard one. There's so much.
1: <laughs> I, I know. We get different answers every time. We've done over 40 episodes, and it's something different every time.
2: I, as of now, give you know, you look at the climate of America at the moment, um, I would definitely change the discrimination and disparities among minority communities. Um, this past week, we discussed how a lot of CPS caseworkers, if they get a report, you know, they know it's, like, a really affluent, rich neighborhood. They're just, I'll go check it out. But if they know it's coming from a low-income, typically minority community, they'll, like, put the car seat in the back because they know they're going to remove the kid. Only because, you know, they're they're minorities. I would definitely change that discrimination mentality. But, you know, baby steps for that because, you know, it's 2020 and we're still trying to change things based off of the color of people's skin. Um... The second thing would probably be the way people are licensed. I think there should be... While there is a shortage of foster homes and we need more foster parents, I definitely feel that there needs to be a way to prevent revolving door foster parents because we have so many foster parents who are in it for the money, who cannot handle or will refuse to attempt to handle a child with behaviors who has been through trauma. They tried not to understand the trauma. So what happens is they put them back in the system. So now they go back to a new foster home and it repeats. And we, so we have too many foster parents who are specifically just doing it for the money. They don't want to attempt to understand these children with their trauma. And they, so they add to the fact that children are going through a revolving door throughout the foster care system and going through multiple foster homes because of it. Wow.
0: Love that's,
1: it. That's the first time we've heard that answer. Yeah. Too. The,
0: yeah. First time we heard that answer. And I agree 110% with you. You know, one of the things people get real upset with me is because I speak my mind and, um, it's absolutely crazy. The number of, Parents who are given a license to be a foster parent, and it's like I would not even let my dog stay with you. Um, right. But you are given a license to to. And by the way, they're given a license to to not even watch the kids. So they're just okay. given you know a check. So I'm glad to hear somebody else say that. So Ivy, listen, I am so so excited to finally meet you. Um, I hope everybody goes to org and I hope the next time that you're in the area that you know give me a shout out and when I'm in Texas I'm definitely going to give you a shout out and let's definitely get together because I would love 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 to meet you of course well listen have a safe and great week and again where can everybody hear this at Dana
1: so we are on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, and TuneIn, and we are also at comfortcases.org slash podcast. All the episodes are there with all of the show notes and links to find Ivy and Foster Strong and links to everything that we've talked about um, is on our website. So thank you so much, Ivy.
0: Thank you, Ivy. Have have a great week. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Dana and I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast.
1: You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. And check out the Fostering Change blog at comfortcases.org.
0: So, everybody, we want to hear your stories. So, reach out to us if you would like to be a guest on the podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Rob Shear, Instagram at Rob RobShear, and on Twitter at RobShear6.
1: And please share this podcast and leave us a review.
0: Remember, we're all part of the same community. Your zip code, it's not your community, but it's our human race. Let's all make a difference.